This is Mercy Harper, writer for research services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with John Tesmer, Executive Director of IT at APQC, to talk about cyber risk and internal controls. Thanks for coming on the pod, John. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So I came across some cybercrime stats that really caught my eye. And the first one is that an average cost of a cyber attack is nearly $200,000. And that number is a lot bigger for large companies. Cybercrime is also up 600% since COVID-19. And at this point, 94% of organizations have experienced phishing attacks. So clearly, uh, cybercrime can have a huge impact on the bottom line, and it's something that finance professionals need to be thinking about. So my first question for you, John, is what's the relationship between cybersecurity and financial reporting? Uh, It's not a direct correlation per se, um, but there's definitely things that we have to consider as information professionals in a knowledge economy uh, when it comes to financial reporting. Um, so let's take a look just real quick at uh, you know some of the sort of high level pieces of it. So financial reporting, um, there's aspects of uh, the integrity of the information, uh, making sure that it hasn't been manipulated in any way along the chain of custody as it goes out. Um, uh, also, um, typically financial information is um, uh, prepared or, or queried from, you know, ERP systems or from accounting systems, uh, those systems themselves can be manipulated. So now if you draw a line in the sand that represents the, the production of the financial report, there's everything sort of after it and, and making sure there's integrity and in everything that's been produced out of it. And then there's integrity sort of before it. So everything inside of the system and making sure that the numbers inside of the systems are uh, have integrity in them. Um, so, so that's a really critical part of, uh, of the financial aspect of it. Um, there are also things like uh, access controls uh, and, and timing. So now it's not just about uh, so if you think of integrity as like the right information is getting out, uh, access controls is the right people have access to the information and also the timing of it. Uh, in publicly traded companies, uh, timing is everything. Um, you know, the first person who understands what the quarterly results are has, a, you know, a, a, a more of an advantage in publicly traded uh, equities markets uh, to, to maybe take advantage of that information. So uh, we want to make sure that the information isn't exfiltrated or isn't, you know, gotten or released out before it really should be out uh, because that has a a negative effect um, in in the marketplace in general. So just, you know, it's not just about uh, making sure that, that um, the information is, is in, has integrity, but it's also making sure that the right people get it at exactly the right time. Since all of this these days is electronic, this is inherently a cyber security problem, right? Um, and, and it goes back to what we may have talked about previously or what you as listeners hear all the time about how to handle cybersecurity threats, right? There's you know, defense in depth and, uh, you know, the constant vigilance and, and stuff like that. So, and those are just sort of two aspects I'd raise up. There are obviously many more, but but uh, integrity and, and access control are probably two of the most important ones when it comes to financial reporting. Right, that makes sense. So in finance, we talk about the three lines of defense for internal controls. And in that model, first there's the business and process owners, followed by your risk and compliance teams, followed by internal audit as that third line of defense. 
Should organizations use that same model when thinking about cyber risk? And if so, how? And if not, what should they use instead? <laughs> it's kind of a big question, Mercy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I'm not fully qualified, uh, and I don't think anybody is, to say, you know, this is the way, right? I mean, there's, there's just so many different things to consider. So in, instead of saying, you know, like what the way is, I'll say that three lines of defense is very similar to our defense in depth strategy that we have in the IT world. Um, and, and I don't know what the, pro the appropriate number is for different organizations. It just varies upon, you know, your risk tolerance and your exposure. Um, you know, for example, um, you know, the, the global financial network visa has a much different risk um, sort of um, platform or, or uh, you know, risk sort of surface than does uh, a local um, a local bank, you know, for example, uh, some a bank that's chartered and operates inside of a county uh, and, and, and they're, you know, servicing hundreds of customers and, you know, generally they have, uh, you know, relatively uh, not automated systems, you know, rel relatively manual systems. That's a completely different risk profile than, uh, you know, the global financial network and, and things like that. So, you know, three layers of defense might be great for um, uh, a local bank that has a relatively small risk tolerance, but I suppose that, uh, you know, global financial player has significantly more than three lines of defense. Um, you could probably simplify it down to talk about three, but, you know, there's, there's quite a few. Um, now, as far as what the scope of those three are, um, so you mentioned um, the risk and compliance teams, internal audit, uh, and then the like business process and owners. Process owners, yeah, yeah. process owners, yeah. So the the thing that you're going to find that's kind of interesting about it is that you know processes these days are mostly automated. So you know anything that's that's related to um, you know, handling any kind of information is generally automated, which means that business process is really a cyber risk uh, because it's, you know, it's typically automated through some kind of a system or some kind of technology. So definitely something to think about there that, uh, you know, process owners are, are really, um, they're also technology owners to some degree uh, because they have to be well-versed in how the automation works and all of the gamut of risk that comes out from automating a process and, and systematizing a process. So just taking that little one thing on process owners, you could blow that up a ton and say, okay, well, here's the business side of the process. Here's the data side of the process. Here's the technology side of the process. Those are three different other layers that need, you know, some, some oversight or thought or control around them. I know that's not a not a fun way to think about it, but there's <laughs> definitely, uh, you know, a lot going on in here. No, it just makes me rethink my next question a little bit because I was going to ask about what are the main cybersecurity controls organizations need to establish, and it sounds like there might be a whole lot of them. But you, yeah. you want to take that question where you can? <laughs> yeah, sure. So I think you know probably the main ones you can look at it again from the perspective we talked about the first question, um, you know around access control and integrity um you know th those are two really 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 important parts of uh of cybersecurity and, and and really just sort of security in general right is am i saying the truth like is the stuff that's coming out does, is it accurate is it 
you know, what I intended to say and are the people that are getting it, uh, the people that should be getting it and are they getting it at the right time? Um, and I, th I think those are probably two of the, two of the main things that I would want people to start thinking about when it came to, um, to cybersecurity controls. There's also things around how does, you could break that integrity down a little bit more and you could say, well, how did we get to uh, the, the numbers and, and starting to audit and, and understand the algorithms that are in place and the processes that are in place uh, to generate that stuff. Because at any point in, in that chain, uh, to generate that information, you could have a breakdown, right? So somebody could um, compromise uh, a library uh, that you use in an application through a supply chain attack, and then that has the effect of giving them access to the system that would allow them to manipulate, manipulate the data, and then now you have an integrity problem. Um, but, you know, there's there's all kinds of fun sort of ways to, to break that down. But I would say the two that I would want people to start thinking about are really around is, is, is integrity does the information have integrity is this the right information and you know access control and and security and constraint um are the right people who are supposed to see this seeing it and the people who aren't prevented awesome thanks so much john that makes it sound a little bit a little bit more <laughs> uh, achievable manageable <laughs> well thank you so much for uh joining me today sure my pleasure Awesome. Well, I'm Mercy Harper. Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. Please go to apqc.org to learn more and have a great rest of your day.